0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, you are locked on Falcons. I'm your host, Aaron Freeman. And today I am joined by Andy Gallagher, a contributor at Blocking Dirty and Pro Football Network. He's going to be recapping with us the Falcons week five win over the New York Jets, talking about two prominent rookies in Kyle Pitts and Richie Graham.
1: You are locked on Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: So guys, you know me, I'm Aaron Freeman, been covering the Falcons for many years, formerly at falcfans.com, RIP, still going strong on Twitter at Falcfans and the host of this preeminent Locked on Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast right here on the Locked on podcast network, your team every day. You can also see my weekly written content over at the falcoholic.com, the SB Nation website for the Atlanta Falcons. And today's Locked on Falcons podcast is brought to you by Rock Auto, where you can find amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com right now and tell them Locked on sent you. So today's episode, I am joined by none other than Andy Gallagher. He covers the Falcons occasionally at Blogging Dirty. You also see his uh, NFL content at Pro Football Network. Uh, Andy, I want to appreciate you joining the show today. Uh, How are you doing this evening?
1: I'm doing well. Thank you very much.
0: Appreciate you having me on. It's it's going to be a strange feeling to
1: be discussing positives about the Falcons for once. It, It feels like it's all too rare.
0: Well, I I try to roll off the red carpet for my international guest. Andy is coming from us from across the pond where the Falcons are just returning to. Andy was at the Sunday game between the Falcons and Jets in that week five game. We'll get Andy's thoughts on that game, his sort of firsthand account of What he saw on the football field, we'll talk quite a bit about Kyle Pitts and Richie Grant, the two Falcons 2021 rookies that really stood out in that game. But before we get into all that, I want to let you guys know and thank you guys for making Locked on Falcons your first listen each and every day. And just want to let you know that Locked on Falcons is free and available on all podcast platforms, including Odyssey, Apple, Google, Spotify. And yes, now on YouTube, where you can see this this handsome face every day. Uh, Make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Falcons YouTube channel. So Andy, jumping into this week five action between the Falcons, I guess, you know, sort of laying the foundation for what you saw on Sunday. What were your expectations going into this game? Were you expecting the Falcons offense to really struggle with Calvin Ridley staying home due to that undisclosed personal matter? Did you think the Falcons would be just fine going up against a struggling Jets team? What were your expectations going into Sunday?
1: Uh, I was obviously excited over a personal note. It's been a game that's been a couple of years in the making for us fans uh, back in the UK. Uh, We were supposed to be over here last year and then with everything that happened with COVID, it was pushed back. I wasn't optimistic going into it, I'll be honest. I was expecting the Falcons to lose. Um, Everything just seemed to be kind of conspiring against them with injuries. I wasn't sure where the Falcons' advantages came from in the matchup situation. Um, and that's that's a pretty scary thing to say when you're playing against a team like the Jets, who are one of the worst teams in the league. Um, but the Jets looked as if they'd just been kind of finding their feet and uh, rounding into form ahead of it. Uh, They've just had a big win against the Titans. Zach Wilson was looking more comfortable. We've been pushing the ball downfield. Um, and we've seen that's not really something that... The Falcons defensive backs work well with the, the deep ball. Um, so I wasn't hugely optimistic. I was hopeful they'd be able to put some pressure on Wilson because we saw in college that that tended to be where he struggled when players were getting in his face, when he was being forced to make a quick decision. Um, but the Falcons' pass rush hasn't exactly been a beacon of hope for us over the last few years. Um, but they, they really did come to play. Um, one of the things I thought was and this is obviously getting into the game more, but 27-20 made it look a lot closer than the actual game was. Um, I mean, the Falcons had twice as the rushing yards, the passing yards, the total yards, dominated time of possession, um, first downs. It was basically, it it was a Falcons game, wasn't it? It was exactly what we kind of came to expect with them. Um, Obviously, they left the, the, the Jets back into it because they are the Falcons. Um, but you kind of come to expect that it's never going to be smooth sailing um but if it wasn't for the two red zone fumbles just kicking a field goal with ten seconds to go, it would have looked a lot more comfortable i think um if it was any team other than the falcons, you wouldn't have doubted the outcome um it was it was pretty dominant um but yeah, it was a really nice surprise after coming into it thinking that matt ryan was just going to be running for his life and just getting flattened
0: constantly. Yeah. You talk about, you know, what you saw on Sunday and we're going to get into sort of Kyle Pitts having break his, his breakout performance a little later on today's episode. But you, you talked about the dominance at the Falcon show. What were some of the things or maybe some individual players that really stood out to you watching the game? I,
1: I think this was probably the best Falcons performance um, of the season. just in general. I think it was a good indication of exactly what can happen when the game plan comes together. Um, The Falcons came into it, obviously, without their two top wide receivers. Calvin Ridley's presence, we were assuming, was going to be felt more than Russell Gage's was. But still, it was a reliable option who was out with Gage. Um, And the Falcons pretty much moved the ball at will, to be honest, even on the passing plays that weren't effective. A lot of it was down to drops. It was down to individual mistakes. And I think the the offensive staff deserve a lot of credit for the game plan going into the game and the play calls. I mean, they got 11 catches, 115 yards out of Tajay Shah, Lee Smith, Alameda Zaccheaus, Christian Blake. These are guys who wouldn't be featured in any other passing game in the league. And they showed up when called upon. And as I say, there were some drops It could have been more comfortable than it was. But generally speaking, they kept the ball moving. They were getting players in space. I think that's a real testament to um, Arthur Smith and the offensive coaching staff. The other thing to mention is that it was the most impressive game I think I've seen from Matt Ryan this season. He may have had more touchdowns last week, but I think this was the first time this year that I really felt as if he trusted himself and he was kind of um, confident in his ability to make throws. I've been kind of almost facetiously comparing him to 2020 Drew Brees early in the season, where it's he can keep things moving as long as it's under 10 yards, but everything is going to be relying on those, relying on the yards after catch, turning those short completions into big gains, and just kind of getting the ball quickly to the playmakers. But if you ask him to do any more than that, it's going to be difficult. Um, And I think you could see that his arms lost a little bit of the zip. There was um, a deep completion to um, Kyle Pitts. There was uh, one that went up to, I think it was Zacchaeus who um, dropped it. And it it's not 2008, Matt Ryan. But I wouldn't be expecting him to be able to throw it 60 yards, no problem nowadays. But he kind of ha- had that confidence in himself that if the ball was there, he's not overthinking it he's given it a shot, he's taken a shot on it and kind of putting that trust in his playmakers to come down with the ball. Um, And I think the other thing with that is that one of the big talking points this season has been the offensive line. And it certainly wasn't perfect against the Jets. I think when you see the stats and you see zero sacks, you think, oh, wow, it must have been a completely clean game. Matt Ryan must have had pockets uh, constantly to step up into. And that wasn't the case. But it was a good Jets pass rush and had a lot of sacks the week before against the Titans. And at the very least, the offensive line was capable of slowing it. Like Matt Ryan was still getting pressure, but he wasn't being forced to rush through his progressions. The play was being allowed to um, progress. He was being able to um, let the routes develop downfield. And you can see that Arthur Smith had kind of gone away looked at how the team can move the ball while under pressure, and whether that's get Matt Ryan rolling out of the pocket on a bootleg, getting him on the play action, um, or even just Ryan's ability to move about the pocket by himself and just kind of step up and avoid some of the pressure. They were, like the offensive line was doing enough that meant that he was able to do that, and it wasn't just continually going to those uh, check downs. Um, so I think it was a huge result for the coaching staff and for Matt Ryan Two, uh, And they are kind of the two parties that have probably been the most under fire, for, like to begin the season, um, perhaps unfairly. But I think it was a statement game for both of those to say that in 2021, this is still a way that you can win in the NFL.
0: Yeah. I think you think you, you nailed it there. And, you know, talking about the fairness of the scrutiny, I guess, when you're talking about Matt Ryan and coaching staff, I, I think a lot of that is owed to having high expectations for both of those parties uh, going into the season with a lot of people thinking, you know, this was a golden opportunity for Matt Ryan to sort of have a Ryan Tannehill-like renaissance uh, these last couple of years uh, in, in towards the end of his career and Arthur Smith was going to come in and, and solve a lot of the coaching issues that had plagued the Falcons the last couple of years that had led to people perceiving the team to underachieve, and I think that led to you know a lot of expectations going through the season, and certainly Matt Ryan over the first you know three or so games. Uh, that's changed over the last two weeks, and now I think with Arthur Smith, you know, coming under a lot of scrutiny um, for some decisions and some play calling issues that he had at the end of that Washington game, sort of you know correcting the ship uh, seemingly uh, in this week five game. So certainly a positive to see sort of the two main elements. And as you mentioned, the offensive line, which has faced a lot of criticism so far this year in the defense as well. You know, a lot of the elements that have been struggling uh, and been inconsistent this year, really stepping up in that week five game. But another player that stepped up in this week five action was Kyle Pitts having a breakout performance. And we'll get into that breakout performance here with Andy Gallagher, uh, along with that of Richie Grant, the Falcons, other top rookie on the defensive side of the ball as we continue today's Locked On Falcons podcast. But before we get there guys, you guys know that football season is underway and all eyes are on the gridiron and as always, Better Line is your number one spot for all things pro and college football this season with a new updated website and interface and even more odds props and ContestBetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today with the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. Of course, there's no Falcons game this weekend, so there's no lines to plug there. But Thursday night's action between the Bucks and Eagles features the Tampa Bay being a seven-point favorite in that game. And then on Saturday, the Georgia Bulldogs are twenty three and a half point favorites At home against Kentucky, whichever bet or whichever sport tickles your fancy, BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, from football, baseball, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available right now at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So, Andy, let's talk about, you know, the star of the game, at least uh, as far as the guy that's getting a lot of the attention uh, is Kyle Pitts. And it basically took five games, five weeks for Kyle Pitts to have the sort of big impact that I think a lot of people were expecting from him, you know, right from the jump going into week one, you know, and. It couldn't have come at a more timely instance, as you mentioned earlier, with the Falcons being down Calvin Ridley, who's far and away been Matt Ryan's preferred target to throw to this season. What were your thoughts of Kyle Pitts' performance? And did you count yourself as one of those folks that thought Kyle Pitts would get off to a really fast start right away in the NFL? Uh,
1: I wasn't expecting him to get off to a really fast start if they kind of kept him at the tight end position. um, Because uh, as... We see every year tight end historically. No matter how high the players are drafted, it is a position where players start slow. It normally takes until players' second, third year for them to really have that kind of breakout. Um, and although Kyle Pitts is probably, if not the, then one of the best uh, tight end prospects we have ever seen, who's highest drafted, um, I think putting that expectation on him to come and just completely redefine the position as a 20-year-old or however old he is, is just unrealistic. But my kind of expectation was that they would move him around a little bit more and we might be able to see it, um, might be able to see him have some success doing that. Um, But I think one of the things that you saw against the Jets is that is how Kyle Pitts should be used going forward. The way that he was used against the Jets, that should be his role. Will he always come away with nine catches, 120 yards, a touchdown? Of course he won't. But he's the player on the team when you look over the roster. He's the guy who is capable of catching the ball in traffic and making those contested catches. In the past, when you've looked at Falcons teams with Matt Ryan there, you've had Roddy White, you've had Julio Jones, even your good friend Mohamed Sanu. These are physical receivers who are capable of making grabs when they haven't separated. And the ball's fired into a tight window and they are able to take it and they don't have an issue taking hits. And I think that is what we saw from Pitts on Sunday. When people said that he isn't just a tight end, this was kind of the type of performance they were talking about. It was kind of that Darren Waller-esque performance where he's just bigger, faster and stronger than anybody else in the middle of the field. And he proved how much of a mismatch he can be when he gets the targets. And I think that was a lot of people's frustration early on, that um, certainly in the first couple of weeks of the season, he just wasn't seeing that. And we know that Matt Ryan has to develop that chemistry of people. We know he likes to build his relationship. But I think when the Falcons have the kind of lack of receiving talent that they do, people are hoping the team to be uh, factored in earlier and more. And I think... If the Falcons continue to do that um, and continue to use him in this way, almost as that kind of dominant alpha receiver, I think that's probably going to be the best case for the offence because you look at Calvin Ridley and assuming that he does return from whatever the personal issue is, um, he's an outstanding route runner. That's his specialty. He doesn't suit the more congested passing game and there have been a few instances that people like to point to of him avoiding contact, of him taking a hit and ending up not completing the catch. Um, So if the Falcons can continue to use Pitts in traffic, get him to make those tough catches in coverage, and let Ridley get back to what he's good at, which is those slightly deeper passes and those slightly deeper routes where he can get a release, can beat a man, get into space, I think that's the long-term recipe for success
0: for the Falcons' offense. Now, you talk about how the Falcons have utilized Kyle Pitts One of the things that stood out to me is when you look at sort of his pre snap alignment, you know, using advanced. Stats websites like Pro Football Focus, you know, they list his number of inline snaps as the same as his number of, you know, lining up wide at wide receiver snaps, and with the bulk of his snaps being basically lined up in the slot. Do you feel like the Falcons that's the right balance for what they should utilize with Kyle Pitts moving forward? Do you feel like they should lean in one direction, maybe getting him more? looks as an inline tight end or maybe get him continued more looks as a, a, a wide, a, a true wide receiver, I guess. Uh,
1: I think it's a pretty good balance to have, to be honest. I think when you think about uh, the Falcon's success in the past, uh, Julio Jones, he was used a lot in the slot. Um, I, I know people thought of him as this kind of dominant extra um, receiver out on the outside, but a lot of the time he was brought inside and that was kind of, Where he would be lined up on those kind of tricky third down situations and when the Falcons needed to move the chains. And as Matt Ryan is getting older, as his arm is getting weaker, um, having like we have seen that he is better inside the numbers, he is better targeting the centre of the field than he is if he's having to fit it into a tight window on the outside um, with uh, kind of those more timing based routes or if he's having to go deep. And I think if you want to maximise what you're getting from Pitts, I think continuing to line him up in the slot and putting him in line um, is probably the best way to do it. I would still move him around. If you can get him out wide, if the matchup is beneficial for you, I would do that. But I think he's going to be at his most productive kind of working out the slot. Really.
0: Now, the other Falcons rookie in this draft class that had a disappointing start To his 2021 season, but it wasn't in the case of Pitts, you know, who was playing a lot, but wasn't necessarily putting up big numbers. This player was not playing really at all. And that was second round safety. Richie Grant went into the season with a lot of expectations. I know myself thought Richie Grant would come in and instantly be a starter for this team and we sort of saw him buried down the depth chart during the preseason and primarily be relegated to special teams over the first four games, but with the season ending injury to nickel cornerback Isaiah Oliver, as well as a calf injury keeping Eric Harris out of the lineup at safety. You know, we saw Jalen Hawkins step in for Harris primarily at that safety position and Hawkins wound up getting a much needed turnover for the Falcons defense, but Richie Grant was being asked to play a lot more of those nickel cornerback snaps and did a lot of that during the preseason and I thought handled himself particularly well uh, in this Jets game Um, in terms of a player that a lot of people have been clamoring for given the sluggish starts for players like Harris and Harmon um, did Richie Grant kind of live up to that hype going into this game as the type of player that you wanted to see at the outset of this year.
1: Yeah, I think he definitely did. Um, I, I was starting to get a little concerned with how kind of infrequently he was being used. Was it six defensive snaps in the first four games? You, you were hoping for more than that, um, especially when you have an older rookie who is a second round pick. You expect to see them in the lineup sooner rather than later. It was a bit concerning when um, the reports were coming out that he wasn't really understanding the playbook and he was a little bit slow getting up to speed with that. Um, and when you have kind of the low-cost Band-Aid veterans in front of him, where Duran Harmon, Eric Harris, the hope was that he would go out and win that starting spot. He obviously didn't do so. But I think Sunday obviously was kind of, um, it, it was huge for him. He, he played 50% of the snaps and um, d kind of moved him around all over the place, really. As you say, I wasn't necessarily expecting him to um, come in at that slot corner position when Isaiah Oliver went, uh, went out onto injured reserve. Like, I was looking and thinking it was probably going to be one of the other rookies. Maybe it was going to be Darren Hall, maybe yeah. So someone else was going to come in. Um, but he kind of came in, he looked at home, he looked comfortable there. He had, um, he had a couple of nice players, he had a big stop, I think he broke up a pass as well. So uh, for him, going from where he was a week ago and you were looking at it and there was a kind of struggling safety group and um, even when Harmon was benched a couple of weeks ago, we thought, oh, maybe this is going to be his chance and then Hawkins came in. I wasn't completely writing him off, but it was definitely disappointing. Um, And I'm guessing the plan when he was drafted was that he would be working predominantly at safety. Uh, He was announced as a safety Seem to be practicing at safety more often than not. I know you said he, he, he got some work um, in nickel packages uh, in the slot, a uh, slot cornerback. Um, but I think he definitely did enough on Sunday to warrant another shot, to warrant more playing time. If we can get that um, percentage of the snaps up from 50%, maybe he's working um, like he's kind of alternating, he's moving about formation a little bit more, sometimes playing at safety, sometimes coming into the nickel um, and playing a slot cornerback. If it was up to me long-term, I would say I probably had seen enough from him, from Jalen Hawkins, from Daron Harmon, from Eric Harris to say, let's roll with the young guys for the rest of the season. Let's see what happens there. I think um, Grant and Hawkins has potential to be... um, if not the long-term starting safety duo, certainly two guys who are heavily involved in a rotation. Um, As you said, um, Hawkins had a nice interception in the game, much needed. Um, So if we can kind of continue to see Grant worked in, if we can see him take those steps, maybe go from 50% of snaps up to 70% of snaps by the end of the season, hopefully try and push on and kind of entrench himself as a starter before the end of the season. I think that would just be a really positive thing for this kind of young roster, for this, I don't want to say talent-deficient roster, but a team that is in need of young playmakers and young guys to step up. Um, and I think Grant being on the field is only going to be a good thing for his development.
0: Yeah, I think it was a a great first impression, really, for Richie Grant, at least during the regular season. And hopefully we see this as a sort of starting point for him as, you know, they do what you are suggesting and and get him and Hawkins a little bit more involved uh, moving forward. So that the point by the time, you know, I don't know whether it's November or December or whatever the case may be, you know, those guys will be at least regulars on defense, if not the full-time starter. So I, I think that p- path is potentially ahead of Richie Grant. Uh, and the path for us on today's lockdown Falcons is of course, continuing this conversation with Andy, getting his first hand account and experience of watching the Falcons live and in person in London on Sunday. But before we get there, I want to thank you guys for making lockdown Falcons your first listen each and every day, but I have a recommendation for your second listen each and every day. And you know, we've talked about the Falcons, Falcons' top two selections in the 2021 draft class, but who are going to be the guys that we're talking about from their upcoming 2022 draft class. And you can check out the locked on NFL draft podcast where hosts Eric Crocker and Ryan Tracy are providing you the insight and analysis to get you guys geared up for the next group of young stars to hit the NFL. Check out the locked on NFL draft podcast free and available on all podcast platforms, as well as on YouTube. So today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto with ever-increasing numbers of makes and models. It's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. Why wait while the person behind the counter orders parts on their computer when you already have a computer with access to rockauto.com at home or in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. You'll spend up to twice as much for the same parts when you order from a chain store or car dealership. Meanwhile, Rock Auto's prices are always reliably low for every customer. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto parts Parts needs go to rockauto.com right now see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com so Andy I want to ask you you know the big question for those of us that couldn't be there at uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in North London Uh, you know what was it like to be at the game in person what was the atmosphere like uh, for all the UK fans you know supporting not only the Jets but also the Falcons
1: yeah so I've seen I've seen a lot of takes um, about kind of how bad people feel for UK fans that we always have to watch bad teams when when it comes over I think the statistic was that there hasn't been a game yet in the 15 years or so that the NFL has been over here that has featured two teams with records above 500. There's always at least one bad team. While that is true, I promise it's not an issue for the fans over here. Um, Would we love to have the Chiefs against the Bills someday or something like that? Of course we would. But the actual game is such a small part of the day uh, we love having the NFL over, and every game sells out. There are fans of all 32 teams in the stadium for every game. It's great to see um, the Falcons as one of the teams um, from a, like from a fan base perspective, because you can definitely tell when one of um, the teams is playing that there is an increased number of their fans coming to the game. Um, but it's an event rather than just the game itself. So even if The the Falcons, even if it had been um, the Falcons had just come off an 0 16 season and they were going against the Jets who were coming off a 1 15 season, Um, Falcons fans and Jets fans would have still turned out in force. Like everyone loves to see it. So if you guys are happy to keep sending over your bad, unloved teams, we'll keep showing up to the games. Um, I understand that for kind of domestic fans in the US, it's Sucks to lose a home game. It's not really fair, but my timeline was full of lifelong Falcons fans who had one of the best days of their lives. So it's amazing from our perspective that uh, we get to have the team over there. Like it, it fulfills people's dreams for this kind of thing. It's a huge part of the NFL calendar every season for us Brits, and um, it was just it. We had the Falcons here back in 2015 when the Lions came over. Obviously, that didn't end quite as well. But if we can kind of get it where every five, eight, ten years or whatever the Falcons are coming over, that would be amazing for us that we can just continue to see them and we can see the, each next like kind of new generation of uh, of Falcons teams come in. So it really makes us feel kind of more part of the fan base, um, especially when it's set at a different time, which may not be ideal for Uh, you guys having to watch it, but kind of all attention is on London at that point. Um, And the fans do kind of revel in that, really. Um, So from that perspective, brilliant, great to happen. Um, Obviously, it was amazing that the Falcons actually managed to pull out a win. Mm -hmm. I I don't think the Falcons are suddenly playoff contenders. I think talent-wise, this is probably... uh, I'll probably get some pushback for this, not from you, but uh, from other people. Uh, Probably a bottom five roster in the NFL in terms of talent, but there were definite positives. And any time the team can win a game, it is amazing. And you could see people on their feet every time that there's a big play, every time a touchdown scored. Um, So it really kind of brought everybody together and uh, great fun. Um, And I think on the whole, not just for the UK fan base but for Falcons everywhere. It it kind of brought a bit more of a feel good feeling back around the place to uh, everybody's watching. It's it's on national T V. It's been it's been watched all around the world. For the Falcons to actually come there and not just Falcon it, not throw it away, not have a disappointing performance, but actually come and look the better team in front of everybody. Matt Ryan played well, Kyle Pitts kind of it was the beginning of a new era he announced himself to the to the worldwide stage um I think it couldn't we couldn't have really asked for too much more so um yeah, delighted from our point of view
0: you you talk about asking for for too much more you, you almost got the full falcon experience with the the jets coming back there at the end i mean how how nervous were you in, in the stadium that yo, here we go again I'm, I'm about to get the full the full falconing uh here
1: so I was a little nervous, uh, I'll be honest. Um, I kind of, as it was progressing through and uh, like at halftime, I was feeling pretty confident, but I was saying to my friends who were around me because they they were all saying, oh, Jets look terrible. And I was saying, they do, yes, but this is the Falcons. So they will, at the very least, they'll make it interesting. They might not completely come back and then, I know this goes against the uh, the whole momentum in sports argument. The, the people that say this that not real, but if you've ever watched a Falcons game, momentum is absolutely real. <laughs> like as soon as teams um, start scoring points on the Falcons, you can just see. You just look around the place, and everybody uh, like this might be people watching their first Falcons game um, live, or, or it might be people that are tuning in. Every week might be there there are people that came over, like travelled over specifically for the game. You can just see, you can tell how long someone's been a Falcons fan and how much they've seen of it by just looking over and you just see people kind of sinking into their seats a little bit more. So, yeah, I I can't say that I wasn't concerned. I think we kind of got a little bit lucky that it was playing against the Jets, to be honest, and we were playing against the rookie quarterback who uh, was... He was feeling the heat, he was feeling the pressure. I think if it had been someone a little bit more experienced, not even necessarily someone more talented, but someone who was just, had been in that situation before and had um, had the opportunity to lead game-winning drives and tried to uh, come back in games, I think it could have potentially been a different story. But uh, it all worked out well in the end.
0: Yep, it did. And Andy, I really appreciate you joining me and giving your insights into this week five outcome with the Falcons prevailing over the Jets. And as you mentioned at the top of the show, it's nice to have a win uh, that we can at least, you know, ride this momentum Uh, that, you know, as you say, does exist when it comes to the Falcons and hopefully, you know, that applies to the entire team and they can maybe carry this, you know, going into their bye week this weekend and then coming out of it when they face Miami and we'll sort of see them get tested against it. Probably a team that most people consider to be better, but also a vulnerable Dolphins team. But, you know, I, I want to thank you again for joining me here on Lockdown Falcons and go ahead and plug whatever you want to plug. I know you are a infrequent contributor at a, at a number of sites, but you can go ahead and plug all those sites as well. So go ahead.
1: Uh, I think the best way to keep in touch with me is probably just to uh, head over to my Twitter. So that's at Andy S Gallagher. Gallagher is G-A-L-L-A-G-H-E-R. I will... Tweet about the Falcons very, very regularly. It's not often serious. It's normally sharing misery with uh, with the fan base, like so many of us like to do. But head over to my Twitter, um, follow me there, connect with me, send send me a message, whatever, and uh, we will we will revel in misery
0: together. And it is, you know, notable uh, for anybody who's listening to the audio version of the podcast and does follow Andy. It is weird looking at his face and not seeing Frank Sinatra, uh, which is his uh, Twitter avatar. And so, you know, that's just a little uncanny to me. uh, Yeah, I'll
1: never change it. It's it's, going to be there
0: forever. All right. So Andy, again, I appreciate you for joining us here on Locked on Falcons, which again, I want to thank all the listeners for making their first listen of the day. And another recommendation for your second listen is the Peacock and Williamson show, which covers all 32 teams on the Locked On Podcast Network, get insight from NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson every day on the Peacock and Williamson podcast, which is free and available on all podcast platforms. So, guys, that's going to do it for us here on Locked On Falcons. Tomorrow will be a Q&A episode where I'll be answering your listener questions as well as breaking down the all 22 from this week five game between the Falcons and Jets. And, of course, if you want to submit those questions you can do so via Twitter at LockdownFalcons, Falcons, via Facebook at Locked Falcons, or you can send an email to locked Falcons at mail.com. I appreciate all you guys for tuning in. Of course, make sure you subscribe to our new YouTube channel at Locked Falcons. Thanks for having thanks for tuning in for another day, guys. Until then.